The New York Islanders prepare to take on the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden tonight. We have a special crossover episode with John Chick of Locked On New York Rangers. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, welcome back, Ranger fans and Islander fans. As I just mentioned, we've got a very special crossover edition for you guys here today. This is John Check with Locked On New York Rangers, joined by my good friend Gil Martin from Locked On New York Islanders. Uh, Gil, how are we doing tonight? I saw, you know, the Islanders obviously just got an overtime win there against the Flames. So uh, how are you feeling and are you ready for some Rangers Islanders? I am always ready for some Rangers Islanders. Uh, bring it. I mean, uh, as a as a longtime New York area hockey fan, it doesn't get better than this rivalry. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, Islanders, you know, last night slept, walked sleepwalked, how do you, uh, didn't play well for the first 45 minutes and then really turned it on in the second half of the third period, got two goals in 59 seconds, ended up winning it on a power play goal in overtime. They were lucky to escape with one point, very good to get two. Yeah, that's actually exactly how the Rangers just lost their most recent game against Detroit, only they gave up the lead, you know, in the second period, and then they lost while being shorthanded in overtime. We'll get to that in due time, of course, but uh, Gil, I wanted to ask you, man, obviously Sorokin played uh, for the Islanders tonight. He's off to a really nice start this season. Uh, would I be correct in assuming that we're probably looking at uh, Simeon Varlamov, who has uh, kind of had the Rangers number at least a couple of times over the last handful of seasons here? I would say that's the odds on favorite. I mean, it's been like mostly two games for Sorokin, one for Varley, but on a back-to-back, they would tend to go with the opposite. And I think because Varlamov has a good history against the Rangers, they don't mind having him in there. Yeah, it makes sense. It kind of lines up nicely for them. And, uh, you know, I'm sure for the Rangers, it'll be Igor Shosturkin back out there. You know, obviously they went with uh, Halak the last game against the Islanders, kind of mixed results for him. Um, but you know, Igor is obviously the franchise goalie and I'm sure they're going to look to put their best foot forward and hopefully they can get a win here because, uh, it's been tough sledding for the Rangers, you know, thus far this season, uh, some very just uneven results and, uh, you know, just falling into some habits that I think Ranger fans saw them break away from last season. So it's kind of surprising to see them revert the way that they have. Um, and again, you know, we'll get into the struggles of the Rangers, uh, in due time here, but, uh, Gil, I did want to ask you about Lane Lambert and your, you know, first impressions of him. Obviously, you know, Trotz and the Islanders part ways in the offseason. Uh, Lambert getting his first opportunity here really ever, you know, as far as being a head coach is concerned. So, yeah, man, I mean, how, how are you feeling about him? What are the early returns in the Lambert era here? So far, overall, I'd say it's pretty positive. He He seems to be opening things up a little bit more for the Islanders. I mean, look. 
they're still a defense first team. We're not looking at the second coming of Gretzky's Oilers here, you know, but, but uh, Lambert seems to allow the defensemen to have a little more leeway to step up into the play and join the rush. Uh, You know, obviously you still want to be responsible defensively, don't want to get caught, but activating the defensemen into the offense has been a big help for the Islanders. And that's why the goals for, is higher than it has been under, uh, you know, Barry Trotz last few years. Yeah, I saw they're kind of uh, middle of the road in terms of, you know, goals four per game. I think they were like 13th or, you know, that might be a little bit different now that this game is just wrapped up against the Flames. And obviously those numbers are going to fluctuate a little bit early in the season, but uh, seemingly a team that's playing a little bit more open this season. And uh, two guys that have uh, really gotten off to uh, nice starts for the Islanders and, and two guys that they're going to need uh, – Anders Lee and Matt Barzell, you know, last year probably could be considered a little bit of a down season for both guys, you know, at least compared to their standards. So, I mean, what are you seeing from the two of them and uh, how encouraging is it for you and other Islander fans that they've gotten off to the, you know, hot starts that they have here? You know, it's kind of like two opposites because Lee is getting it done with goals and Barzal doesn't have any goals yet, but he's more than a point a game all on assists. So, you know, go figure. You know, I, I think if you add it up, the distance of all the goals Anders Lee scores. If he scores 30 goals, it would probably be 35 feet total over the course of the season. He scores in close. He gets his deflections, his rebounds, his tips. Uh, But he's so good at it. And he really is, you know, if if he's scoring, it really helps the Islanders offense a lot. With Barzal, it's all skating. It's what he does in open ice. And then when he gets into the offensive zone, he'll stop on a dime and create time and space by his speed and his ability to change direction so sharply. So, you know, two guys with very opted styles, but two guys who are really getting the job done here, especially, you know, the Islanders have now won six out of seven. And during that seven game stretch, those two have been key contributors for the Islanders offensively. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Lee getting all of his goals from in deep. I mean, it's kind of like what we saw from Kreider last season. Exactly. Uh, but you need somebody that can do that. You need somebody that can get you those tipping goals, stuff in those rebounds, whatever it might be, the dirty goals. Um, but, you know, kind of a, a bigger picture question for you here, Gil. You know, last year, obviously, disappointing season for the Islanders. They had been to uh, the conference finals or the equivalent of the conference finals for two straight years. I know one year it was like, well, I think it was just called the semifinals because it was the COVID year and all the divisions were different and everything. Um, but bottom line, they were one of the last, you know, four teams standing for two straight years. Big step back last year. But it also felt like, you know, as a Ranger fan watching this, it was one of those seasons where everything that could go wrong went wrong for the Islanders last season in terms of injuries, in terms of, uh, you know, COVID absences. And, um, you know, general, maybe players underperforming a little bit. But, I mean, are you of the belief, and do you sense the Islander fans are of the belief that, you know, last year's down season was just that? It was just a down season. It was kind of fluky. And we can get back to being that team that can make a deep run. I mean, does that belief exist among among Islander fans? I think that belief exists, but I think there's a certain amount of doubt also. I, I mean, I think it's like, show us right now. They they think the team can get back to that. I think they can. I mean, look, winning six out of seven, beating uh, the Rangers, the Avalanche, uh, you know, some pretty good teams, uh, the, the Hurricanes in that stretch does give you back some more confidence but i i think you know you have a new coach uh and and the way the team struggled last year there's just a little bit of sort of uh you know they need to see it the fan base uh in order to get that full confidence back 
That makes sense. And, uh, you know, Gil, I figure we'll keep rolling in just a second here, but we do have to let everybody know today's episode, the special crossover edition, is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Uh, get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And uh, Gil and I would certainly just like to thank everybody for making Locked On New York Rangers and Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. And of course, both shows are free on all platforms. And uh, yeah, so, so John, the Rangers so far, uh, not off to the start, I think that most Ranger fans were hoping for, especially after the you know very big playoff run that they had last year. But there's a lot of turnover. Uh, you know, a lot of players from that team who did not come back. How is the adjustment period going with the new players integrating themselves into the lineup? Yeah, I mean, I, I think for sure, you know, you, you look at the team last year that made that playoff run. You know, the Rangers obviously made a lot of additions at the trade deadline last year. They had a ton of cap space, so they could pretty much do whatever they wanted uh, as long as they were willing to, you know, give away enough assets to bring certain players in. But yeah, I mean, you look at guys like Andrew Kopp, I think he did a great job for the Rangers. Uh, Frank Vetrano added a shoot-first kind of a player that the Rangers kind of were lacking and might even still lack now. Uh, Tyler Mott, good defensive forward. Justin Braun, a nice depth defenseman. All those guys are gone. Um, and it's interesting because this offseason, the, the only like really big-name guy that they brought in was Vincent Trocek. And so far, so good for him. I mean, this guy you know, plays with a lot of energy, plays with a certain feistiness. One of those guys that gives you... Uh, you know, a little bit of everything. He can kill penalties. Uh, he's been playing on the Ranger top power play unit. And obviously that was a very strong uh, quintet for the Rangers this past season. And he's fit like a glove there. Uh, him and Artemi Panarin seem to have some pretty natural chemistry. And so far, so good for Vincent Trocek. He wins you some faceoffs. Like I said, does a little bit of everything. Um, but, you know, they, they do miss some of those guys from this past season. And, you know, if Trocek's your only addition, but you lost all the players that you know, I just mentioned that they lost, you know, it's not as good of a roster right now as the one that we saw at the end of last season. Of course, the way to kind of counteract that is if you get big leaps forward from guys like Kako, Lafreniere, Heedle, you can maybe even throw guys like Kravtsov and Gauthier into that mix as well. And, you know, with Kako and Lafreniere, those are the two that always stand out because they were such high draft picks. I do think that their play has been better than their point total would suggest. You know, Kako has been maybe the best forward for the Rangers these last two games, but it's just not quite adding up to the offensive numbers. And you hope that eventually uh, they'll get there and it'll happen. Uh, the Rangers in this most recent game, really disappointing loss to Detroit. They shuffled the line combinations in the third period, and they're going to go with kind of uh, a similar lineup, it looks like, against the Islanders. That's, uh, you know, what they did in practice, at least. So, yeah, man, just kind of uh, up and down, beating some good teams like the Lightning and the Stars. And um, I'm forgetting at least one really, no the Wild, Wild, they beat them on the road. But then losing to teams like the Blue Jackets, you know, the Red Wings are improved, but they should have won that game last night, losing to the Sharks. So, yeah, man, just really up and down. It feels like you're playing roulette with this team uh, on any given night right now. Are you concerned that Igor Shosturkin's numbers, I know it's early, but they're not really where they were a year ago. 
I'm not too worried about that. I mean, you know, small sample size. And, uh, you know, I think eventually he's going to run into form here. There have been a lot of goals that he's given up where, you know, he was uh, he was kind of hung out to dry. Uh, maybe a, a goal on the softer side or two, you know, thus far over these games that he's played here for the Rangers. But, I mean, to me, more than anything, it's just kind of a reminder that, oh, right, this guy is human. You know, he's not a complete machine out there. Uh, it's going to happen from time to time. And, you know, you just hope that the Rangers can find a way to pick each other up because that's what they did, uh, you know, last season. At this time last year, the story of every game was, how did the Rangers win that game? And the answer was always Igor Shesterkin. And now, you know, if you're not getting this, uh, you know, otherworldly performance from Igor Shesterkin on a night-in and night-out basis. And uh, unfortunately, the team hasn't been able to pick him up uh, a whole lot, re- uh, you know, early in the season here. But uh, again, you know, you, you just hope that they can back get back to what they did last year so well. And that's uh, having each other's backs. And when somebody else, when somebody falters, somebody else picks them up. Mika Zabinijad has been outstanding on the power play early, but the power play itself has been inconsistent. What do you see uh, that they're not doing that the power play has struggled at times? Yeah, I mean, again, that that's another area where I know they're kind of like a middle-of-the-road power play team right now in terms of uh, you know the success rate on the man advantage, but I would argue that uh, for the most part, they've been good on the power play. I think if there's been any issue, it's that they've been a little bit too reliant on the Mika Zibanejad one-timer. Now, on one hand, you know, a Mika Zibanejad one-timer is a good thing because he's got just an absolute <laughs> missile of a shot. And when you've got Panarin setting him up, I mean, that's a match made in heaven. We, we've seen the kind of passes that Panarin can make. He can squeeze it through some pretty tight windows. And uh, him and Mika can really link up for some beautiful goals on the power play. But I, I think there's been times where they've looked for that too much. And you can see when teams are down a man against the Rangers, they're keying on that. They're doing everything they can to try to take away that pass from Panarin to Mika and pretty much saying to the Rangers that, okay, you're going to have to score a goal some other way. And, you know, Mika scored on a one-timer on the power play in the last game, but teams are keying on that. And I think once the Rangers can get back to, you know, just kind of uh, sharing the wealth on the power play, maybe Panarin can shoot a little bit more often. Uh, You got to get Kreider going a little bit because he's certainly not scoring at the rate that he scored last season. And, uh, you know, not enough of those dirty tip-in goals from Chris Kreider. We were talking about that a minute ago with Anders Lee. And, uh, you know, with Kreider, you're so used to seeing him just redirect pucks into the net. And, you know, if he doesn't do that, you know, the pucks lay in there. He cleans up in the crease. Um, So you need that. And, uh, you know, Adam Fox won't mind seeing him shoot the puck a little bit more as well. But the power play, honestly, is probably about the least of my concerns with the Rangers right now. I I do think, uh, again, the, uh, the success percentage right now is not indicative of how they've played on the power play. And uh, fingers crossed that, you know, obviously they, they get it going, hopefully against uh, your Islanders tonight here, Gil. Well, you said the power play is the least of your concerns. What through the first 13 games is the biggest of your concerns? Yeah, I, I talked about this a little bit on a recent episode. I think probably the biggest concern right now is the Rangers just are not getting the secondary scoring. You know, I, I was talking on a recent episode that it feels like if if one of the top five guys, uh, that being Panarin, Mika, Kreider, Fox, and Trocek, if one of those guys, or if, if those five guys are not, you know, scoring on a night in and night out basis, you just start to wonder, like, where's the scoring going to come from? And you like to think that eventually uh, Kako and Lafreniere will not just be secondary scorers. They'll be guys that are eventually leading the way for this team. Um, but, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the points just haven't been there. And then when you look at the Rangers' bottom six right now, uh, again, and they, they've juggled the lines a little bit, so they've spread out the scoring a little bit more than they have in the past. But, man, I mean, you were running out a, a bottom six of, like, you know, Goodrow, who I really like. You know, Goodrow 
had a new career high in points last year. But you think of him more as a defensive forward. You know, Goodrow's out there. Uh, VZ's out there. You know, I mean, Ryan Carpenter, Ryan Reeves, um, Sammy Blay. These are not guys that you really expect to, you know, lay at the score sheet on a night-in and night-out basis. So that is something that concerns me a little bit. And, you know, Jacob Truba and Keandre Miller, such a dynamic pairing last season. Uh, both had really good seasons. Miller looking like he was going to be a superstar, you know, in the making. And I, I think eventually he'll get there. But Truba and Miller have both scuffled to start this season as well. So um, not as concerned about those two. I think eventually they'll figure it out. But I would say my biggest concern right now might be uh, the lack of secondary scoring that, that's kind of plagued this team in the early goings here. And not worried about Kreider long term? Yeah, I mean, Kreider, you know, 52 goals probably was not going to happen again this season. I mean, that's hard for anybody to do. Connor McDavid didn't have 52 goals last season. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of in a situation where he's gone back to the old Chris Kreider can be very hot, very cold, uh, you know, game to game. He's on fire for a couple of weeks. He disappears for a couple of weeks. We might have reverted back to that. And um, yeah, unfortunately, you know, that that's kind of just something that you have to live with when it comes to Chris Kreider, but you hope that he can figure it out and get back to his recipe of just, basically dominating in the crease and uh, scoring a lot of those dirty goals, as we talked about just a minute ago. Yeah, well, uh, uh, certainly Ranger fans hoping he can do that. Islander fans hoping he doesn't do that tonight. So we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, shall well, we let everybody know, Gil, about uh, about Simply Safe? Absolutely. Yes. Well, if you've thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Islanders and Locked On Rangers listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Here's why I love it. In an emergency, you've got 24-7 professional monitoring agents using fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is a whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/slash locked on NHL. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Yeah, so Gil, uh, I figure um, you know, we can kind of start wrapping up a little bit here. I was gonna ask you if there's anybody that you know Ranger fans should keep an eye on in this game, somebody that's kind of uh stood out for you in the early goings here that maybe isn't a household name like your Barzells and your Anders Lees, so so on and so forth. Anybody that's uh kind of caught your eye here in the early goings for the Islanders? Yeah, that, that's uh, that, that's a good question. And, you know, uh, boy, uh, one player who I think has just gotten things done, he hasn't scored a goal yet this year, but Casey Sezikis has just been really good at doing the little things, winning face-offs, back-checking, killing penalties. He is not a guy who's going to show up in the box score as far as goals and assists. But he is sort of the, the pulse maker for the Islanders. If he's having a good game, if he's hustling, if he's hitting, if he's back-checking, the Islanders will be playing well, generally speaking. And if he's kind of slumping, you know, then, then the Islanders may not be playing their best hockey. 
One other thing uh, Ranger fans should be aware of, Cal Clutterbuck left the game against the Flames on Monday night. Early did not return, so his status may be up in the air for tonight's game at the Garden. Fair enough. And, and for the Rangers, I, I would say somebody to keep an eye on, you know, for, for Islander listeners that I'm sure are uh, are checking out this episode here. Um, I would say maybe Philip Heedle because, you know, he was off to a nice start this season. Only had three points in six games. Uh, then he got injured. He got back into the lineup in this most recent game. Had a chance to uh, maybe score what probably would have turned out to be the game-winning goal uh, late in the game against Detroit. Uh, was not able to finish on the doorstep there. Um, but, you know, somebody that really came into his own last year in the playoffs and uh, as I mentioned, somebody that's going to be key for the Rangers, uh, they have kind of reconfigured their lines a little bit. And um, if the practice lines are to be believed, it looks like he will be centering the third line uh, with Kreider on the left wing and Kraftsoff on the right wing. So uh, kind of an interesting trio there as the Rangers, you know, look to solve their issues and uh, shuffle the deck a little bit. And, um, you know, definitely kind of uh, an interesting trio there for the Rangers. But, uh, yeah, as far as secondary scoring goes, it's got to be Philip Heedle. And, um, you know, I think now that he's had a game back under his belt, uh, he'll come back strong in this game uh, against the Islanders here tonight. But we shall see. Yeah, it should be an interesting game and and definitely something to watch. And I think, you know, pairing him on a line with Kreider gives him a chance to be more productive. Yeah, and I'm just kind of hoping right now that, you know, as far as Kreider is concerned, that this is kind of the thing that kind of wakes him up and gets him going a little bit. Um, I don't know if you saw Gil, but the game against the uh, Red Wings, uh, as I mentioned, you know, they really shuffled the deck from the second line going to the third period or the second period going into the third period. Rangers had a terrible second period and they actually dropped Kreider from the first line all the way down to the fourth line. I uh, had him out there with Carpenter and with Gautier. And I don't think it was entirely unwarranted because, you know, there's been times this season where, you know, Kreider just hasn't been as engaged as he needs to be. Uh, hopefully the message has been received. Uh, they did start him in the overtime period, despite the demotion in the third period. So, you know, we'll see. But uh, ho- hopefully that's the thing that Cryer needs to get going. I know you're hoping that doesn't happen tonight, but uh, I am. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So what are you looking at tonight? What what to you is the keys to the game and what's your prediction? Yeah, I mean, I, I think for the Rangers, it's just getting back to uh, to the basics and getting away from some of these uh, self-inflicted wounds that have happened uh, quite a bit early this season. Now, as I mentioned, there's just been a lot of things that have kind of crept into their game this year that you're just not used to seeing for the Rangers. You know, they they gave up a goal the other night against the Red Wings because really sloppy line change, you know, really lazy getting back to the bench. Uh, there have been times where they've taken some bad penalties. There have been times where they've been flat out outworked, which did not happen uh, really at all last year. I mean, obviously, 82 games, I'm sure it happened at least a couple of times, but so used to seeing this team outwork teams, and you need to do that against the Islanders because they obviously play this, you know, grinding defensive style. Um, so just getting back to the things that they do and, uh, you know, something else that was a big trademark for the Rangers last year was their ability to respond to a loss. And unfortunately this year, you know, they've had some games that they've lost and then come back even worse the game after, which again, it's just so far removed from what Ranger fans knew and loved about this team last year. So uh, I'm looking for them to to come back strong. But as far as, you know, p- picking a winner for this game, it's a game that it's kind of hard for me to get a good feeling about it right now, just because of how things have gone for the Rangers. Obviously, Varlamov is going to play for the Islanders. We know how good he is against the Rangers. And you know, the Islanders got a big win against the Flames tonight. Hopefully, they're all tuckered out from that, and they're, they're a little bit flat at the start of this game. Uh, we shall see. Um, but, you know, again, the, the Islanders, Varlamov specifically, but the Islanders in general have kind of had the Rangers number the past couple of years. I know last year the Rangers went 2-2 two and two against them. 
But one of those wins was when, you know, you know, 90% of the Islanders were on the COVID list and they were basically playing an AHL team. So I don't know, man, it's going to be a tough game for the Rangers to win. And uh, I think the Islanders might end up taking this one by a final score of three to two. Uh, I think Capo Caco scores a goal for the Rangers, though. He's been really good lately. Uh, how about you, man? Any, any predictions as far as who's going to win, who's going to score, anything crazy that's going to happen in this game here? Well, one key that I see for the Islanders, and it's been a problem for them all year, they get off to slow starts. The first period, it's like the puck drops, and they're just sleepwalking for the first 20 minutes of the game more often than not. They can't let that happen, especially coming off you know, what is going to be a back-to-back after a tough physical game against the Flames last night. So it'll be important for the Islanders not to fall behind more than one goal early, which unfortunately they've been doing a lot more of than they'd like to do. Had a comeback win against the Flames, had a comeback win against the Avalanche. You know, that's a dangerous game to play, and eventually it does catch up to you. So getting off to a fast start will be important. Matthew Barzal has not scored a goal all season long. Uh, he's a point-a-game player, but no goals. I think he gets off the schneid against the Rangers uh, finally tonight, and uh, that's something that, that I would look for. As far as a prediction goes, this is going to be a tight game. It always is. These two teams don't like each other. The fans will be into it, uh, very active, and uh, you know the pot van chant is going to be out there at the Garden for sure. But uh, I, I think that the Islanders will come away. I like your 3-2 prediction. I'm going to echo that one. And uh, this is going to be a tight checking, low scoring. One mistake at some point will be the difference and the, and the Islanders will find a way to win at 3-2. to two. Yeah, I think you hit on something there too that's going to be big. I think the first goal, I mean, look, it's common sense. Obviously, you want to score first. You want to get a lead. You want to build on the lead as the game goes. Um, but this to me, like, like you said, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. That first goal feels so important because when the Islanders have a lead, uh, they, they've kind of got you in the palm of their hand. They can play their game and play that grinding style and not take too many chances. And the Rangers really struggle with that. So I, I think the Rangers to have a chance to win this game. They got to get that first goal here. And um, any thoughts on that? Does, does it feel like the kind of game where the first goal could be huge? It, it really could be. I mean, the Islanders have done a good job of coming back, but like I said, that's playing with fire. And especially on the road, if you can get that first goal, you quiet the crowd a little bit, you sort of change the momentum, and and it would definitely benefit the Islanders to get it, no question about that. Yeah, I definitely agree. I figure we could pretty much call it there, Gil. Uh, this is great time as always. Always good talking some hockey. Uh, for any Ranger listeners that are uh, checking out this episode, where can they find you and the show You know, on social media, and, and where can they find the show on uh, all audio platforms? Well, uh, it's Locked On Islanders, wherever you get podcasts, and on YouTube. And uh, you could find the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Isles. You could find me on Twitter, at Ice Wars, NYR, VSNYI. And uh, for any Islander listeners, uh, same deal. Any, anywhere you're listening to this show, uh, you can you can find Locked On New York Rangers. You can find us on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter, at JChick17. And you can find the show on Twitter, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And uh, for myself and Gil Martin, Ranger fans and Islander fans, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Enjoy the game. And uh, I'm sure we will do this again, Gil. And uh, for Ranger fans and Islander fans, we will see you guys next time. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. I want to thank John Chick of Locked On New York Rangers for doing this special crossover episode. We will be back tomorrow with a full recap and key takeaways from this game against the Rangers. 
our weekly farm report, and a whole lot more. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Until tomorrow, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders.